And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley. I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app, our Red Eye Radio app today, and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live to one of our great radio station affiliates overnight. All right, so... Here we go. We told you it was going here. Uh, Elisa Finley's column uh, in the Wall Street Journal. The climate crusaders are coming for electric cars, too. We told you. We've been telling you for a while. Replacing all gasoline-powered cars with electric vehicles will not be enough to prevent the world from overheating. Told you. So people will have to give up their cars. Yep. That is the alarming conclusion of a new Uh, report from the University of California, Davis, and a network of academics and policy experts called the Climate and Community Project. The report offers an honest... CCP? (laughs) CCP! Okay. CCP, I didn't even even put that together. CCP. Yeah, they're, they're missing a C? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay yeah and and we predicted this is yes. the way it was going to go i love how they write this the report offers an honest look at the vast personal environmental and economic sacrifices needed to meet the left's net zero climate goals uh-huh. progressives dirty little secret is that everyone will have to make do with much less. Fewer cars, smaller houses and yards, and significantly lower standard of living. You think inflation, take inflation times, well, I don't know, 50? That's the world they wish you to live in. Yeah, right. Problem number one. <laughs> <laughs> and there are many. Electric vehicle batteries require loads of minerals such as lithium, cobalt and nickel which must be extracted from the ground like fossil fuels if today's demand for evs is projected to 2050 the lithium requirements of the u.s ev market alone would require triple the amount of lithium currently produced for the entire 
global market, the report notes, just for the United States. Yeah. Unlike fossil fuels, these minerals are found mostly in undeveloped areas that have abundant uh, uh, natural resources and are often inhibited by indigenous people. Large-scale mining entails social and environmental harm, in many cases irreversibly damaging landscapes without the consent of effective communities. Mining can be done safely, but in poor countries, it can't. Problem number two, mining requires huge amounts of energy and water, and the process of refining minerals requires even more. Hmm. According to the report, mining accounts for 4 to 7% of global greenhouse emissions. Automakers have made a priority of manufacturing electric pickup trucks and SUVs because drivers like them, but they require much bigger batteries and more minerals. Minerals, excuse me. Hmm. Mining uh, more to make EVs will increase CO2 emissions. They will also destroy forests and deserts that currently suck CO2 out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Problem three, producing EVs and building and maintaining roads, highways, and parking lots are energy and emissions-intensive processes with high levels of Embodied carbon, the report says, electrification of the U.S. transportation system will massively increase the demand for electricity while the transition to a decarbonized electricity grid is still underway, which means you can't do it. (laughs) The report concludes the auto sector's current dominant strategy, which involves replacing gasoline-powered vehicles with EVs without decreasing car ownership and use is likely uh, incompatible with climate activist goal to keep the planet from warming by more than 1.5 degrees Celsius compared with pre-industrial times. Instead, the report recommends government policies that promote walking, cycling, and mass transit promote requiring walking, yeah, yeah, promote. cycling, <laughs> and mass transit. Nothing is about promoting promoting it. Yeah, right. Hey, no. you should walk to work. <laughs> promoting it encourages it. No government. It requires it. Government. The report says could reduce financial subsidies for private vehicles such as on street and free parking. They could also impose charges on pickup trucks and SUVs, including electric ones, and build more bike lanes. This doesn't sound like they're promoting. It sounds like they're mandating. That's only because they are. Urbanites who suspect the expansion of bike lanes in their cities is intended to force people to stop driving aren't wrong. What about the suburbanites who need cars to get around? Reducing car dependency Mm. will require... (laughs) Oh, wow. Destabilizing low-density suburbs while allowing more people to live in existing... (laughs) High-rise urban spaces. Destabilizing, huh? Yes. Okay. In other words... 
outlawing living in the suburbs. Yes. Translation, force more people to live in shoebox apartments in cities by making suburbs denser and less appealing. All this may sound crazy, but it isn't as fringe. It isn't a fringe view on the left. We have told you that for the longest time. A Natural Resources Defense Council report last year on lithium mining also concluded the government needs uh, to reduce long-term dependency on single-passenger vehicles. The Inflation Reduction Act included billions of dollars to promote cycling and so-called livable livable neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you uh, an, uh, an old friend of mine uh, who uh, went to college mm-hmm. and went to college for in San Francisco, I think, to Berkeley for urban planning. And this goes back 20 years ago. And we had a long discussion as, as I was driving it back to the airport. Hmm. And I told him, I, <laughs> with the end, I go, get out of my car, you communist. <laughs> <laughs> because this is exactly what they were teaching 20 years ago. Yeah. In urban, liberal or in urban planning, which was, I was wrong to have a house. I shouldn't have a car. People should be on bicycles. People should live in, in uh, you know, high-rise apartments with communal areas where they can all gather together. I'll never forget as he was explaining to me how my life would be much better and how I didn't know that my life was not as good as it could be. And that's when I said, get out of my, you're going to be late for your plane. Get out of my car, you communist. (laughs) But there he was telling me what I, what I would like and what I wouldn't like that I didn't know. And I go, God, that's typical liberalism. See, you don't even know. You're too what? stupid to know how good it will be. Right. <laughs> Excuse me? I, uh, up until that point, I'd lived in an apartment my whole life. I hear no sounds in my house. There's a better quality of life there. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, California's Democratic legislature last year even passed a bill creating a $1,000 tax credit originally proposed at 7500 for households that don't own cars. So it's not promoting... It's mandating by taking taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Governor Newsom actually had to veto the bill citing its budget cost. But said he supported approaches to incentivize the transition from vehicles to more sustainable transportation. No, too, there won't be nearly enough minerals to make the massive batteries necessary to back up an electrical grid powered by an unreliable wind and solar power, so Americans will have to consume less energy, for instance, by setting their thermostats to 80 in the summer and 65 in the winter and pay a lot more in order to be able to do that. Progressive's ultimate goal is to reduce consumption and living standards because they believe humans are a menace to Earth. Yeah, I was going to say, what air conditioners? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. No. You'll go during the day to a cool-down center. Not that they'll have air conditioning at the cool-down center. They'll just have ice. You know what's fascinating to me? As I am in now my 34th year of talk radio. Haven't reached it yet, but I'm in that 34th year. You're getting up there, yeah. Yeah. That... All these things in my first 10 years when we would bring them up, is this what the left wanted? Oh, my gosh. 
the screaming at us. You guys in your slippery slope. You, McNamara, in your slippery slope. Yeah, you have to exaggerate what's going to happen in the future because you don't want to make the planet livable now. They don't call anymore. Well, no. No. We were right. Mm-hmm. We knew what they wanted on everything across the board. Your freedom's gone. Yeah. We'll tell you how you're going to live and what amount of energy you can use. Right. And what you can and can't drive. And it'll be more about what you can't drive. There won't be any driving. Someone else will be doing the driving for you. That point, mass transit. No, it'll be hoofing it. And when Greta started saying net zero isn't zero. Hmm. Remember that? Yeah. No, that's. We knew at that point we said, here comes a liberal circular firing squad again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you if you just do the simple math about mining materials for anything. They don't want you mining anything. They don't want you using anything. You need to unexist. How That's does, the message. How does the Democrat Party deal with this over the next couple of years with the inflation we're going to see? Well, I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I saw a couple of analysts that, that have said it, that they believe that even in California, they're going to have to kick the can down the road on the 2035 thing. I don't know. Because yeah. it is it is not possible to get there. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. We had said, I remember it was the, uh, the uh, U.N., and this goes back, what, 10, 15 years ago, said in order to, remember talking about this, in order to save the planet, by 2100, we will have to reduce world GDP by 13% of what it is right now. Yeah. And we said, well, that's impossible. You can't do that. You'll starve billions of people. Mm-hmm. Oh. You find out, well, that's their solution. We need to get rid of billions of people somehow. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what they've talked about. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... That every everything, because everything, no matter any type of human activity, produces carbon. Right. Any type of... Manu- that's why we said, when Biden was talking about manufacturing last week, or the Democrats talk about manufacturing, they're lying to you. They don't want manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Manu- any Manufacturing of any type produces what they what they say are global warming gases that will destroy the planet. Right. So you've got to stop it. And there's where they're going now. Okay, we got the American public to this certain point. Now let's continue it. Now yeah, right. and and yeah. we'll we'll do it by incentivizing. What does that mean? We'll give people we'll give, we'll take money from some and give it to the other. What they find out in California, they couldn't even afford to do a thousand Bucks because their economy isn't growing. Right. This is the incredible thing. As the economy is shrinking, they want to provide more money as an incentive and take it from the people that are the productive people that are manufacturing things that we need. They're trying to destroy them by taxing them more as they give money to other people to live less quality lives. Yeah. What a great solution. Wow, that's going to work. Idiots. We're dealing with a bunch of idiots. 
And yet, they're still moving in that direction. Look, Newsom yeah. knows he's not going to have to deal with it. He's going to be gone by then in terms of, you know, being governor of California. So he doesn't have to deal with that. Reminds me, I know you always you brought this up a couple times, reminds us of, of Chris Christie yeah. when he was governor of New Jersey and, right. went to, and the firefighters were booing him. Yeah. And he said, you're booing me because I'm telling you the truth. They've been lying to you. Yeah. Everybody who's been promising you that your pension money would be there was lying to you. I'm right. telling you there's no more money. Right. They lied to you about it, and you bought into the lie. Now I'm telling you the truth, and you're booing me because I'm telling you the truth, and you're okay with them lying to you all this time. Yeah. Yep, and and that's exactly the way this will play out. This is the way this will happen. Uh, you know, they'll it, it will just look away and, oh, well, we, we've learned since then. We've learned so much. Well, the fact of the matter is, in order to be carbon friendly, you have to unexist. Stop existing, would you? Eight six six ninety red eye. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing and wheel alignment are different services, but both contribute to a smoother ride and should accompany tire replacements or repairs. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, providing improved vehicle handling, increased fuel economy, and the overall lifespan of your tires. Balancing your tires also helps keep vehicle hardware like cab rivets tight and can help with the resale value of your vehicle. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, soon it's going to be for the, the Democrats that uh, all their solutions will be people die. Mm. You know, r- remember yeah. r- remember Robert Reich, mm-hmm. that to have a proper health care system in the United States, what we should be advocating is uh, not giving life-saving technology to old people. We need to let old people die. That's a quote. Yeah. You need to let old people right. die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the climate change, you know, people, and we started talking about this years ago. Remember the one guy came out and said we sh- there should not be one city above 25,000 people in all of the, you know, in, in the entire world mm-hmm. that we need to cut out. Uh, we need to get down to at least only 1 billion people. Yeah. It's like, well, right. what do you do? At that particular point, then I just saw that a Yale professor, here it is, Yale professor suggested mass suicide for old people in uh, Japan. There's too many old people in Japan. You and I were talking about the other day. I just didn't know it. I didn't know that Tokyo is almost, the metro area, almost 40 million people. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in, in, in one city. But, uh, yeah, he suggested mass suicide for old people. Asking the question, is it time that we consider suicide? Well, uh, I know, mean, you would have to have that on a cooperative level unless you're talking about not suicide. I well, mean, it's just a bizarre way to think. 
I, this is this is where you get to, and I we, we always wonder, you know, the slippery slope of abortion. Mm. The abortion is just for convenience. You've seen the commercials. I haven't seen them since. I haven't seen them since they were playing them a lot around Christmas. Yeah. Hi, we're Planned Parenthood. Aborting your child will make your life a lot better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my right. God. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm very much against this thing about letting old people die for one mm. very important reason. Mm. Technically, I'm considered old. <laughs> And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Okay, I want to play this audio from last week. Okay. Uh, I believe this was uh, a a day or two after the State of the Union address. Uh, And it's Congressman Tom McClintock from uh, a Republican from uh, from California, which which shows that uh, people and representatives from California, they know what the hell's going on. Yeah. They're not stupid. Right. And... And uh, I think it's really important to play this because, remember, the president was last week talking about, and we had mentioned it uh, on his State of the Union address, producing everything in America, produce American jobs, American jobs, American jobs. And we said it last week. We said they don't want manufacturing. They don't want to produce cheap energy here. They want our energy to be the most expensive in the entire world. If they want that, they can't have American jobs they can't have american manufacturing no and he brings it up that this is a part of the natural resources uh uh, committee he does call on one guest who is uh one of the witnesses there who's from the western uh energy alliance Hmm. uh who agrees with him but he he just he lays it out like we've been laying it out for decades here on the show thank you mr chairman you know when you think about everything that uh we require just for our survival, not to mention the quality of our lives, everything, everything is either mined or it's grown. That's the only way to get it. And yet this is precisely what the environmental left has targeted to suppress for the last generation. And as I pointed out recently, it's ironic that on the one hand, they tell us we have to produce millions of of new batteries for everything from electric cars to to the industrial grid. And then on the other hand, uh, they're doing everything they can to shut down 
the exponential increase in mining that these so-called green policies require. You know, our prosperity requires not only the mineral resources that mining produces, it also requires cheap energy that fossil fuels produce. Last night, President Biden told us that the supply chain needs to start in America. Well, by God, the supply chain starts with the raw materials required to support everything that our economy produces and that every family depends upon for its survival and its comfort and its security. And that's precisely what this administration is bringing to a standstill. I mean, look at this war on fossil fuels. Fossil fuels produce 80% of the electricity in our economy. They produce it far more cheaply than wind and solar. Yet the very first act of this administration was to cancel the Keystone Pipeline, which today should be delivering about 800,000 barrels of crude oil every day into American markets. According to a study that was released this week, if the administration had just continued the energy policies of the Trump administration, America would be producing between 2 and 3 million barrels a day, more than we are. Instead, we're begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to produce more, so much for made in America. Um, And that's why fossil fuel prices are skyrocketing. Uh, You know, if you're upset about record profits for oil companies, that's what's making those record profits possible. When something is scarce, it becomes expensive. When it's plentiful, it's cheap. Trump made it plentiful, and on Inauguration Day, the average price of a gallon of gas was $2.59 a gallon. Today, it's $3.48 and rising. Where the hell do they expect the electricity for their electric cars and trains and stoves to come from? If you deliberately were to set out to destroy the prosperity of working Americans, is there a more effective way to do that than dramatically restrict mining and drilling and then divert these limited resources from their most economically productive uses uh, to the ideological hobby horses of the woke environmentalist left? Wind and solar are among the most expensive ways to produce electricity. And as uh, Ms. Sagama pointed out, unreliable wind and solar require conventional energy in order to maintain the electrical grid. That usually means running gas turbines at ready reserve in order to switch over the moment a cloud passes over a solar array or or the wind falls off. Ms. Sagama, what future do you foresee for our country if these policies continue? Well, I I agree with you. When we make energy scarce, we make it more expensive. And who does that hurt the most? Not. Oh, okay. Had some problem. Let me see it. Try it again. Get the it wealthy. It hurts low income communities. It hurts disadvantaged communities. Um, having access to abundant, affordable energy is it's the basis of um, human welfare. So these policies are impoverishing working Americans, low-income Americans, and at the same time, our friends on the left says they really want to help these folks. Does that make any sense at all? It doesn't make sense to me. And that study you mentioned, we could have two to three million more barrels a day production here in the United States where it's produced in an environmental manner. That's means that we're sending about $100 billion from that same study overseas instead of enjoying the tax benefits of it here that we, you know, the taxes that come from oil and gas sustain communities, sustain vital services. Um, It's, you know, what funds um, the government is, you know, private enterprise. 
There you go. Just having some uh, <clears throat> problems with my computer, which isn't new. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you get the, the, the message. You know, you and I have said it's absolutely insane. It's pure insanity what uh, the, the, the Democrats are, are proposing, what they've been doing. I mean, it's economic, as we've called it. It's economic. It's energy, economic and national security suicide. It's absolutely insane what we're doing. And Congressman McClintock is right. If you were trying, if your whole goal was to destroy the United States of America, you couldn't do more than they're doing. No, I mean, this is exactly what the playbook would look like. You want to destroy prosperity, here's what you do. You demonize the use of cheap and plentiful energy. Every transition that we have made when it comes to energy has been in an effort to have more available and to have it cheaper. That's the idea. That you create not only a more stable society, but a more prosperous society. A safer society. It's the well-being of people when you know that you can rely, when they know, they can rely on that energy. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's, it's so laughable when they tell you we're going to mandate EVs, we're going to outlaw the use of natural gas, which they're doing, and then just days after the mandate on the 2035 new vehicle purchase and California is announced, they have to come out and tell you, hey, by the way, this afternoon, don't charge your EVs because the grid's not going to be able to handle it. And and when you when you put it all together, I mean, that's why it was a joke last week. And we said it when President Biden said he wants uh, the the supply chain to begin in the United States. Where? Supply chain begins with plentiful energy. We're not going to have it. Right. What what the hell kind of society says, OK, we're going to go to electric vehicles, and we're going to go to complete wind and solar. Because that's what this administration has been talking about. We're going to go to pure wind and solar, uh, and we're going to add. And I believe, I don't know if it was McClintock or who was it, somebody actually did the numbers on what it would, you know, what it actually would. I, oh, the Energy Information. He took it from the Energy Information Agency. The Energy Department's actually figured this all out, that it's not going to work. Yeah, they've actually figured it out. Right. And so you have the the number one, as as uh, we brought to the environmentalists now realize, oh, no, electric cars are filthy. Making the batteries is filthy. It produces global warming gases. All right. Next thing is we got to get rid of cars. Now yeah. we got to get rid of homes. Yeah. Homes aren't efficient. Cars aren't efficient. You're not going to do that to a society. That's not going to happen no it's not going to happen in the united states and when you want to produce more electric vehicles but at the same time you don't you are on the left and against the mining of the natural resources we need to make those electric vehicles how do you start the supply chain in the united states it's impossible Biden, again, was lying to the American public. 
Why would you lie as president of the United States? Why would you lie to the American public and tell them that you wish to be this, the beginning of the supply chain, which means the manufacturing base when your entire party is against manufacturing? Right. And so what you get is, well, we're going to manufacture in a different way. Mm. What are you going to manufacture in a different way? Well, that's what the scientists will... No, that's not good enough. Tell me specifically, before you destroy this economy, to tell me specifically how you're going to create the new one. And they can't do that. No. No. They can't. They start with fear. The world is ending. And it's not. The oceans are boiling. And then you can't be against this. This must be done by law because it's the only way to save us all. Well, you've got a taste of you've you've got a taste uh, over the last uh, couple of years of the fiscal policy of mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. For the years, they told you no problem with debt. Ah, no problem with debt. Yeah. No problem with debt. Mm. All of a sudden, you've seen inflation that you hate and can't stand. Mm. Well, they told you it would be fine, and you believe them. Everybody, yep. anybody with an ounce of sense of economics knew it wasn't going to be fine. Knew it could lead to this. But all of a sudden, people are feeling the actual consequences of reckless economics. Mm -hmm. And they don't like it. But we're in a position where it's like, yeah, but part of me says you need to continue it because I I need something because things are so bad right now that you got to give me some kind of relief. Yeah, but that kind of spending is what caused the whole thing. I know, but I need it now. Yeah. So you get people in this ever never-ending circle of, you know, economic and energy insanity. And that's where we are. Yep. With and that's no what the Demo- sign of slowing down. And that's what the Democrats, this incredible radicalism to destroy our energy security, our economic security, and our national security. Yep. Over and over again. And they're moving further in this direction. And there's a dot that relates to the balloon somehow in the national security portion of it. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety red eye. Look. The, the Democrats can't win this long term because because price increases. It's the same right, thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why the public has gone uh, on spending, because now they felt the consequences of it. Yeah. Once you feel the consequences of it. But when you have a tax system where still roughly half the people don't pay taxes, they haven't felt it yet. But when you see it in consumer goods, you can't hide it. When you put it into gas, when it's in gasoline, you can't hide it. Mm-hmm. When it ha- when it comes in electricity, you can't hide it, and that's the problem: is that the taxes eventually go to the product that everybody needs and everybody has to buy. And as Congressman McClintock and the witness uh, also uh, said, she really focused on it. Who gets hurt the most out of all these policies? 
from the Democrats who say they're trying to help the poor. The poor get hurt the most. Of course. Just like corporate taxes. Yes. But the poor that have traditionally over the last 40 years voted more Democrat have voted for the stealth taxes. Yeah. Because they've been convinced that corporations are punished and that the price for some reason is not passed along to them. Eventually, when the price is passed along to them and they see it every day is when they'll eventually be convinced. Well, that's it. And, you know, there is that that threshold point. I mean, and and I think for uh, many cities and blue areas, you're getting to that point. And what are people left to do? The ones who can afford to stay or, or to move, rather, they move. And the ones who can't have to stay until, I guess, at some point you can't afford to stay where you have to move. Because the cost of living based on these types of mandates has skyrocketed. You take the cost of government out of energy, and wow, I can't imagine where we would be as as a nation. But we choose this mm-hmm. over and over again. We've the, stated this over and over again, and it's, this has been the choice. Where we find ourselves today where people are screaming about the cost of living is right. because, for the most part, we voted for it. Yep. Now, you and I did. Most of our audience didn't. But the majority of voters voted for this. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today if you can't listen live overnight. You can listen when and where you choose on our Red Eye Radio app. Well, congrats to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. World champions. For now. World champions. For now. (laughs) For now. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) And uh, can't say much about it because uh, uh, we were sleeping. We didn't see it. So, yeah. And uh, heard it was an exciting game, though. All right. Heard it was yeah. a heard it was a very exciting game, and went down right to the uh, the uh, the end. And thank God I didn't see the halftime show. Yeah. Now she was criticized because she had said she was going to boycott any type of Super Bowl halftime show until the NFL stopped its boycott of Colin Kaepernick. As far as I know, he hasn't been hired by any team. No. No. 
I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. No. But uh, I would say most I saw on social media was we're not happy with it. They said the lip syncing mm. was bad. That's what I oh I read that that the lip syncing mm. was bad. Yeah. And sorry, I was covering other stuff. I'm not going to go back and watch it so I know. No, I don't. I don't I'm, have any interest <laughs> in doing that. As I talked about earlier, <laughs> that's one of the reasons that <laughs> you and I pay not to get commercials on YouTube so we can watch exactly what content we want when we wish to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to see that. Well, a lot of balloon talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, there is. A lot of it is not coming from the administration. The amazing thing is the president hasn't spoken on it at all. You know, yeah. he hasn't come out and said. Uh, you know, he hasn't come out and said. Uh, uh, okay, let's. I want to make a statement to the press and have the press there. He can't do that. He can make a statement from the Oval Office. Right. But he can't come out to the press. I don't believe. Again, I wouldn't put it past them, though, to come out. He did it on Afghanistan and believes he can survive it. So maybe he would come out and just uh, put out a statement and then take one question, lie about it, and then turn around and walk away without any follow-ups. Mm-hmm. He could still possibly do it because what's out there isn't good. No. I mean, this is uh, this is Chuck Schumer yesterday, and uh, this is on uh, this week. The first balloon, there was a much different rationale, which I think was the appropriate rationale. Uh, we got enormous intelligence information from surveilling the balloon as it went over the United States. Didn't and the Chinese watching. get enormous intelligence as well? Well, they they could have been getting it anyway, but we. But they could have been getting it anyway. That that was, as the Wall Street Journal said, you need a better spokesperson than that. Because now the spin is, well, of course we let it go over because we could get intelligence from it. See, we were playing them. Yes, we were playing them. That's what them. Chuck wants you to believe. We were oh playing the God. Chinese. Oh, my so they weren't getting anything. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, but that could have. Yeah, but don't change the topic. That was the. I mean, that was the worst. And then he said China was humiliated by it all. Uh huh. And the it was the right. exact opposite. And well, so and, so humiliated that they were sending more balloons. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. see. That doesn't, we'll, that doesn't well, look like and, humiliation. And, unless a bunch of our other enemies went, oh, what the heck? Let's send our balloons. Yeah, which one would be the best case scenario there? I think they're both worst case scenarios. Well, <laughs> either they're chi- more Chinese balloons or they're, because I thought to myself, is that Vladimir Putin trolling? I mean, you have to ask these questions, and the reason you do is because. Nobody in this administration is really answering questions. No, it was just, it was, it was, it's just been horrible. And then even on Friday, things move so quickly. We can't forget about the Friday story where the reporter Mm -hmm. asked John Kirby, Mm -hmm. hey, there's a report about, and then John Kirby went into the specific details of what happened. And everybody went, whoa, you held a press briefing. You've known for hours this thing has happened. You didn't start your you, press briefing right. with that. You didn't start with it. You waited till you were asking. And that, obviously, he was told, 
Do not mention. They don't know what to do with this, Eric. They, Honest to God, they don't know what to do because that, to me, that's what it indicates. Well, look, it's we know it, but unless somebody asked about it, don't bring it up. And we'll delay it till later. Try to get through the press conference. If it's brought up, then you have to answer it. But that was horrible because it shows, again, what? There's no transparency. Right. As as the media now is going, my God, they're not transparent on anything. And then they did that with everything else from the classified documents that has that has come out and continues to come out. And then not to do that on Friday. Well, that's that's the stupid thing is because why didn't he just say no comment? I can't comment on that right now. I don't know. He, he answered the question because either you're in control of your message or you're not. And if you are, you start with that. You announce it. You don't wait for somebody yeah. to bring it up. But if but if you decide that, okay, we can't talk about this, if they bring it up, I'm sorry, I can't give you details on that right now. Why didn't he do that? Because I think that once they shot that one down, they realized that, okay, we shot it down before it got, you know, into the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be questioned. We don't have an, we don't have an answer we like yet. And because when you think about it, it's the one, and I just love the spin on Schumer, basically that, oh, it was calculated to allow them so we could gather intelligence on them. And even, even, uh, uh, Stepanopoulos had to say, well, weren't they getting us, uh, weren't they getting it from us? Weren't they getting intelligence from us? Yeah, but they could have, they could have got that another way. Oh my God, that was unbelievably bad. No, I mean, that's the whole thing is that why didn't Kirby just say, I can't give you any details right now? Yeah, but I'm talking about Schumer. No, no, that's, that was where I started a minute ago. Right. Is why didn't Kirby say, I can't give you any details? Why would he even answer the question? You're either going to start with that and control your message. Yeah. But somebody told him, don't bring it up unless somebody asks you. Because they don't know where to go. And I guess that was my point. Schumer giving that answer that nobody accepted. No. Shows that they don't know where to go. And the fact that he has to be the spokesperson and they're absolutely scared to death to put the president out there. Absolutely scared to death to put. Now, and and I, I said this earlier. Would Clinton have gone in front of the press already on this? To give a statement and take a couple of questions. Clinton, yes. Yeah, easy. Would Bush? All of yes. them would. Would Obama? Yes. Yeah. Would Trump? He would have been out there after the he shot down the first balloon uh, as it was just as, as it got near Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget about the Aleutian Islands. <laughs> he would have got it. But, but and yes. the media's question would have been, uh, Mr. Mr. Trump, why are you using weapons over American soil? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. No, you're right. No, no. You're, I mean that's right. that's right. that that would have been the right. the take from the media. And I was expecting. I thought when the Lake Huron thing happened, and we learned about it on Sunday, and I thought, okay, well, by the end of the day, they're gonna the president has to make a statement. I thought a quick statement, even if you don't take questions. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. They they don't know. When, when you think about it, when you put it all into perspective, when you think that you had the one balloon and you let it go all the way across the United States. Yeah. And then three more times. 
<laughs> it happens. And mm-hmm. everyone you take down, mm-hmm. as soon as you apparently spot it. Yeah. And you take one down over the Yukon, which was over uh, over land. Was it over Lake Huron? Doesn't matter. Lake Huron isn't a, you know, isn't as big as an ocean. It could land somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can't use it. It's like, okay, you let this thing travel all the way across the United States, and then boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The three others, as soon as you spot them, you, you, you go after them. You see the governor of Alaska was ticked off. Hmm, right. said, so we've got like nine bases here. We've got top secret bases here. And he went through all the different things that they have there, and you didn't take it down. He was angry they didn't take it down. You know how much uninhabited area you have in Alaska? None of it. And again, you think about this, how it all changed to the point where you got to Schumer mm. on Sunday, and that was before the Lake Huron one. Yeah. And Schumer's basically now changed. This story's been evolved over a period of over a week to, oh, well, no, I mean, it was it was good strategy that we allowed it to go over so we could gather the intelligence oh. from the satellite. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. This is so bad. But I, they, I saw that yesterday. I burst out laughing. I went, oh, my God, I can't believe he's trying to sell that. But it's because they think they can get away with it. Yep. They only make this worse. There are a million questions today. And they didn't once try and control their message over the weekend. No, because let's... Uh, uh, let's play Corrine Jean-Pierre talking about it oh on, on MSNBC. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a it, part of a, it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact, okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. It, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in in in, in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada. Uh, Canada? We they did it in step with Canada. <laughs> All she's you guys mumbling. apparently are she's, saying it wrong. She's mumbling, she's stumbling. Oh, this All is you horrible. have to say is, well, this is NORAD. This is the early warning defense. I'm doing this ad lib. I haven't I, been prepped. I don't I don't right. know why you would put her in yeah. front of the media on any right. show. It's just like, I don't know why she's standing at a podium every day, but I certainly don't know why you go even further and then let her go and make media right. appearances. Uh, NORAD is the early warning system for nuclear missiles or anything else coming to uh, coming to attack North America. Hmm. And that includes Canada. And so we are always prepared and we consulted with Canada and we did it. You don't have to mumble and stumble. She couldn't say coalition. She couldn't get that out. She, she because couldn't. she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, she doesn't. But uh, meanwhile, we want to make sure that everybody knows that the vice president was also busy over the weekend. And uh, let you know what she was covering. Oh, okay. Uh, just so you know that they keep her in tune with all the important things. Oh, okay. Yeah. No exhaust, no diesel smell. The bus has Wi-Fi and even USB outlets next to every seat. 
I mean, come on, imagine. You can charge your phone on your way home from work. <laughs> she really sounds like she's crying when she talks. Oh, my. Oh, my. I can't think. Is it Elise, the woman that does the impersonation? Uh-huh. She, sorry, <laughs> the genuine article does a better exaggerated no, that's Kamala actually, Harris yeah. than the impersonator does. Yeah, because it's funny and scary at the same time. It is. Yeah. It's doubled your entertainment dollar. First in line, she is, to the presidency. Gary, imagine being able to charge your cell phone in a vehicle. Imagine that. You can charge your phone. God. She might have been crying. 866-90-RED-EYE. At a recent Senate Ag Committee hearing, praise from most lawmakers on the speed with which outbreaks of avian influenza are being dealt with by USDA as far as diagnosis and swift culling of flocks. Undersecretary of Agriculture Jenny Moffitt told the panel it's been a huge effort. We've had over 800 employees deployed over the course of the past year. This is in partnership with states as well as the industry and us in implementing biosecurity measures and making sure that every time we have an uptick in in high path avian influenza, we stamp it out as quickly as possible to make sure that the the disease is not spreading beyond the borders of that, that one operation. But experts say for the most part the virus is currently being spread across the country by infected wild birds. Meanwhile, Moffitt said USDA has been working globally to keep as many foreign markets as possible open to U.S. poultry products. And she said they have managed to keep open many markets that we did not have open in the 2015 outbreak. This is Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Eric, we want to play this uh, this audio cut uh, from uh, Senator Bill uh, Hegarty, Republican of, uh, of Tennessee, who talked about the initial balloon on Fox News yesterday morning mm. and made some of the exact same points that we were wondering last week and made some things that are extremely, some statements that are very, very concerning that we asked the questions last week about this. Here we go. Oh, Maria, according to the State Department, the balloon had antennas on it that are capable of picking up our communications on the ground. I'm certain what they were doing is monitoring everything, particularly over our military bases. They floated over my state, Oak Ridge National Lab, very sensitive operations and facilities there. All across the United States, these balloons were capable, this balloon was capable of collecting very material, very sensitive information. And I tell you what else shocked me, Maria, to hear this Pentagon quote a senior official from the Pentagon, an unnamed official, coming out and trying to deflect blame, to say that this had happened in the Trump administration. Again, if it did happen, it went up undetected. This is seriously classified information. It reveals a lack of capability. That should have never should have never been used in that manner. Using classified information in that manner for political purposes, again, reflects this administration's weakness and their tendency just to look to political excuses and to deflection. What I'm wondering, were laws broken then? He's saying that was classified. You and I said that had to be classified information, and we brought it up because really last week there was this whole thing because of all the classified documents, do we overclassify? Right, right. 
And you and I heard that and we said, well, wait a minute. If you're talking about NORAD and we didn't detect and you find out, and I don't know what the timeline is, but you had to be a significant period of time because it was after Trump was in office. So probably weeks, months, whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you find out that the Chinese have had spy uh, balloon drones over your country or near your country or whatever. Well, that's classified information. Because as he says, and we said the same thing, it reveals a lack of capability. We don't have the capability to detect it. You don't tell the enemy that. Well, and that's it. If it weren't classified, we'd know it because members of Congress would know it. Yeah. And the media would definitely know it. So then let's ask the question, is it something that is brand new that they just learned in recent weeks? Why would it not still be classified? Exactly. You would classify something like that. Well, then was it declassified? Did it go through the process of doing it? And who declassified it? Who would have the ability to declassify something immediately like that so you could have the political response that they were hoping? Something we asked right from the beginning. The president is one person who can classify, declassify everything. Anything that he wants to. And I'm glad Hagerty spent some time on that, but that should be one of the Republicans' major concerns out of this. Right. Where did this information come from? Was it classified? And if so, who declassified it? Because they're talking about it. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so, yeah, that, that whole thing uh, that we had brought up last week that uh, Senator Hegarty brought up, saying this is classified information. Yeah. And you think about it when it comes to, you know, he said it, and he didn't say this should be classified information. He said it is classified information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like him to expand on that and other Republicans to expand on the fact that, and what he was saying was classified information was uh, when someone in, in the Pentagon in the administration fed to the news sources that these uh, balloons had crossed during the Trump administration. And yeah. you and I said at the first day, we said, Shouldn't that be top secret? If you have a lack of capability and your enemy, you know, breaches, you know, that early warning system that you have, do you want them to know publicly 
that they did that? Or do you keep that quiet? Because you want to keep them guessing. Hmm. They may think they did it, but they're not sure. And so you that becomes immediately classified. And I think it was just in the midst of, you know, last week when we were when the, all the discussion was, well, we overclassify everything. We overclassify. And you and I both thought the same thing. We went, well, that would that wouldn't be overclassifying something like that, because that's about the capability of your early early warning system, which is your defense. Right. Against nuclear or other type of attack, electronic pulse attacks. Yeah, that's that's your first, that's your line of defense. Not your first line of defense. That is your line of defense. Right. So when Haggerty is saying, oh, no, that's classified information, well, then you need to go through the process and find out if that's classified information, who declassified it for political purposes, because that's the only reason that that information was leaked, was to try to say, oh, the same thing happened during Trump and he didn't care about it. And, of course, they're not leaking the whole story accurately which they had to backtrack on that but that's almost as if somebody was in a hurry to get anything as quickly as they could and somehow that message was communicated to somebody politically was it not in order to get that released well you know there are a number of things that they can't control once the billings gazette had printed the story then, all right, you have to get out ahead of it because, well, people can look up. <laughs> as long as people have the ability to look up. But especially when you talk about it, you know, an incident like what happened now multiple times over the weekend of it being shot down, okay? But you're not, you're still not controlling your message. When you know that, you can't keep it from getting out. Once you understand, you know, again, after the Billings Gazette had it, okay, it's out. And now people are going to be looking for it. And now the media is going to be looking for it. We have to control the message. How is it that you don't snap into immediate control mode? You didn't get that. Kirby was told not to lead with that on Friday, but he was also told that he could answer a question if somebody asked a question. Yeah, and and I'll get to that in a moment, but I just want to get back to the 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 part about the top secret stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about releasing the the what happened during the Trump. In, well, in, I guess in, my in the point is, time, is that relates but, to that is that there are things that you that it, it, even there's there's a ton of classified information, and yes. Uh, you know, that's separate because that's something that happened in the past. But in terms of any of this information getting out, once you realize it's going to get out, how do you not control the message? And even to the point, not only did you not control your own message, you put it out there that it's been happening for years. And it happened so quick and was so incomplete to me. And so far, everything that we have brought up, our gut feelings have been right on this yeah but it was released so quickly but so incomplete because when you got the full story it completely destroyed it and then made you look horrible for leaking that and made the opposition say my god are you leaking classified information that that almost shows a panic 
inside not being in control of your message. So I guess we can complete. Well, yeah, I mean, that yeah. that's that's the whole thing is that you, you're they do, they can't control their message. They can't control this getting out. They say at first we didn't want this getting out or the leak said they didn't want it getting out because of the Blinken visit to, to China. Well, right. That was but, the first, you're but, right. That's the first one. First but, story that came out from Bloomberg. But but then you put out there that it's been happening for years. And the only effort there really was to throw Trump under the bus. Right. And then you did that. You kind of doubled down in that way because you said they weren't aware of it. It was going on. And I, I guess the people at serving at NORAD back then or the Pentagon or the White House or all the above under Trump were all a bunch of morons. I don't know, you know, but the effort is to make the Trump administration look blind. So you have no interest whatsoever in actually controlling the information from the Chinese. And you're not controlling it very well internally. I, it's, yeah, because, it's bizarre. Because if you thought, that, well, even when the full message comes out, it'll show that the Trump administration was incompetent. Well, the first thing that we thought of, well, is NORAD in general. In, I, I didn't view it as right. a Trump thing. I viewed right. it as a as a Pentagon uh, a, a problem because, of course, Trump doesn't know everything that goes on. But the, but the And I thought that, but then the second thing immediately in my mind was, that's got to be top secret. Well, that's, that's, that's the we first thing last week. Are, are you letting out top secret information in order to blame, in order to, to, to throw blame at the, the, the president before you? Look, they were trying to, honestly, they were trying to make it a Trump thing. And we said this last week. But when you do that, you throw NORAD and the Pentagon under the bus with them. Yeah. Yeah. And many of those people still there in exactly. office. Right. And and so just a couple of things here that because it's a couple other things that we brought up. Uh, this was uh, Frank Miele uh, Miela, uh, excuse me, who was a uh, former uh, newspaper editor in Montana. Mm-hmm. He said we are led to believe that the balloon first crossed the U.S. airspace above the Aleutian Islands in Alaska on Saturday, January twenty eighth, and uh, the NORAD sent up fighter jets to check it out. Instead of shooting it down, the generals decided it was just a harmless balloon that would float above Alaska and what? Disappear? Explode? Cross the Arctic ice cap? Invade our mortal enemy, Russia? (laughs) I think they're being sarcastic. He's being sarcastic there. Did the generals forget that there are nine military bases in Alaska? Something else we brought up last week, including the Coast Guard base on Kodiak Island, the key defense facility at Elmerdorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, and the strategically invaluable Clear Air Force Station based near Fairbanks? Apparently so, and they may have even forgotten that Alaska has been a U.S. territory since 1867 and a state since <laughs> 1959. Exactly what we brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're only, yeah. we're only care if it crosses Montana. Right. Alaska's a part of the United <laughs> States. Otherwise, how do you explain the Joint Chiefs of Staffs or Joint Chiefs of Uselessness had not notified the President, the Commander-in-Chief, about the incursion into our airspace. And that is really, really. Yeah. He goes, but even the see no, even general, see no evil generals must have been a little apprehensive when the balloon took a sharp right turn 
and headed toward Canada and then re-entered U.S. airspace over Idaho. It was on Tuesday, January 31st, uh, when someone who had perhaps read the Constitution decided it was probably time to notify the White House. I mean, just that story in itself shows just, if true, yeah, is still shows amazing incompetence across yeah. the board. Yeah, uh, And then, Wall Street Journal, the military operations uh, in North America have Americans concerned, all the more so because the administration has been both tight-lipped and dissembling. It didn't disclose the presence of the first balloon until civilians spotted it over Montana. Then it claimed it posed no threat, only to shoot it down after political criticism. President Biden said it was not a major breach, but still shot it down. The administration also whispered to its media mouthpieces that the Trump administration had tolerated such balloon intrusions in U.S. airspace, only to correct that story after Trump officials denied any knowledge. Turns out the Trump era balloons were discovered only after the fact using intelligence methods. On Saturday, the Pentagon told Montana Senator Steve Daines it had detected a radar blip over the state and closed civilian airspace. But then NORAD said it was nothing. On Saturday, it shot down another object with Canada's cooperation over Yukon Territory. And on Sunday came the Lake Huron military action reported by members of Congress on Twitter. Wow. Are we only seeing these objects now only because we are suddenly looking for them? Are they sent by foreign actors or someone else? Do they pose a threat? And we don't mean only uh, to civilian air traffic. Mr. President, what the hell is going on up there? And he refuses to speak at all. And anybody he sends out is an idiot. Whether it's Schumer or Corrine Jean-Pierre. Completely and totally clueless. And in Schumer's case, an absolute mind-boggling lie about the first balloon. Oh, we let it go over because we were able to get a lot of intelligence on it. That's a big, fat lie. If you're going to send anybody out to talk about this, it has to be Kirby. And they didn't trust him on Friday, did they? No, they didn't. And they put her out in the media. Yeah. Without her, without the protection of her book, the book exactly. of answers. Exactly. To explain NORAD. Well, I mean, that's it. (laughs) Because she speaks for a president who hasn't spoken yet on the weekend's events. And she had this biggest fumble of Super Bowl Mm -hmm. Sunday. She is, uh, well, we're talking about the... the, uh, American football championship, not the Canadia football mm-hmm. championship. That's right. right? We're, yeah, Canadia. we'll talk about Canadia tomorrow. The Canadia? Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, we know the Argos won in November. They won the Canadia. In case you didn't hear it, that's what Corrine Jean-Pierre called Canada. Canadia. They're still celebrating. You know, seriously, her, isn't her being out there like having a seventh grader? Or am I insulting seventh well, graders too much? The thing is, is that there should be, if you're going to, it, it, okay, how are they not concerned about controlling the message on, on the balloon thing? You have multiple, well, keep in mind, um, 
They weren't called balloons. Objects. Yes. That's what they were being called until, what, late Saturday, early Sunday? Well, well the one the one over Lake Huron, they called a cylindrical object. Right. They shooting down UFOs. Does the enemy have UFOs? These are all jokes, but honestly... He ends up shooting the, down E.T. Right. I mean, this is what you get when you don't get somebody in control actually telling the American people the facts. Well, that's the one thing. He refused to shoot down like it was, I'm going to let this spy satellite go all the way across the United mm-hmm. States. Then everything that gets close that they discover, shoot down, shoot down, shoot down, shoot down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's scatter. It comes off the perception of, of complete scatterbrain. That's it. That they're scrambling here. Yep. That even they don't know what they're doing. And it made me wonder over the weekend, do they actually know what they're shooting down? They claim they don't. Hey, we were out there uh, ice fishing, eh? And we sent up a drone there to, you know, give us a shot of the lake, eh? And next thing you know, a missile took the drone down. And by the way, the name is Canada. (laughs) It's pronounced Canada, eh? I mean, you can say Canada, but you'd be wrong, eh? 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. The incredible thing is, too, over the weekend, Democrats were doubling down. Here's one headline. Progressive talk about replacing Biden flames out. uh, Clyburn in... uh, uh, South Carolina, the same thing. No, he's our guy. Right. As things are falling apart. Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord! We get it! They have chemistry! Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 